We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Tanya Stanfield. Tanya is a brand strategist, sales leader, performance activator, and well-being advocate. Tanya is a multi-dimensional entrepreneur dedicated to using her superpowers of content and connection to build brands and create communities for good. Her most recent project, Marketing XT, is a cross-training community built for marketers of all types to gather and build stronger skills, stronger networks, and transformed careers. Tanya, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Lori. I'm excited to have you here because one, I love marketing, and I know you do too, so we're going to have an awesome conversation. And mm-hmm. two, we've known each other for a very, very, very long time. Yes, a very <laughs> long time. <laughs> it's all about relationships, isn't it? It is, absolutely. Um, so let's just dive into some of these fun questions that we have here to get started. Um, first, let's talk about the marketing um, connections that you have. In your one-to-one conversations that you've had with marketers of all different backgrounds, what are some of, some of the general struggles that um, everyone's experiencing right now in this current environment? Oh my gosh, where to begin? <laughs> I mean, first, I think a lot of people are experiencing a lot of uncertainty and some might argue, you know, that goes without saying, but we all know that a lot of times marketing is the first to go, you know, when companies are struggling financially. So that's definitely top of mind. It's just a lot of uncertainty. uncertainty. But I think another thing um, marketers struggle with, and I think particularly marketers who work in-house um, or on the client side, um, is the thing I hear over and over is stakeholder engagement, um, stakeholder management, um, influencing others who might not work on your team, but who you need on board to accomplish certain goals is a a constant challenge um, that I hear marketers talk about over and over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and it's unfortunate that, you know, marketing is the first area that the budget typically gets cut. However, um, is you know history has proven those that continue to advertise especially during a recession come out ahead so it, it's so interesting that um that seems to be the area that is cut first where it's yeah. likely the most important segment of your business absolutely absolutely um what can marketing leaders do to support themselves and their colleagues during this time Yeah, you know, I think during this time, what marketing leaders and colleagues can do to support themselves and each other is um, through continuing to just connect with each other and keep communication open with each other and continue to learn, um, you know, educate themselves and also educate others. You know, when we talk about those stakeholders, you know, again, there's just uncertainty all across the spectrum. And I think the more, you know, leaders and their teams can connect with others outside of their disciplines um, and, you know, really 
learn about, you know, what, what they value, what your colleagues value, um, and then share what you value as well. I think that's really important. It's all about capturing that, you know, our, our job as marketers is to capture customer value, but we also need um, to capture company value as well. So learning what's important to everyone um, from the C-suite um, in, in finance and everywhere in between. So really building relationships with each other and a, across disciplines, I think is really important right now. Yeah, I agree 100% with that. And especially marketing continues to become a broader and broader term, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, especially yeah. as the, indus the industry is evolving so fast. And I think the more that you separate yourself from other marketers, the more damage you're doing. So as the, continue, the industry continues to widen, I think it's it's better to widen your network and your connections in the various expertise that are kind of popping up. Yeah, absolutely. It's really important because they're all connected somehow, right? I mean, you know, in, in our community, I have a link because everyone always asks, well, you know, what type of marketers can join? And I'm like, here's, here's the one link that I found that has a huge list of different marketing titles. And you're right, it's constantly expanding and constantly changing. Um, so just knowing, you know, what the left hand is doing um, so the right doesn't get confused, I think is really important. Mm -hmm. So how do you personally continue to stretch and develop your skills as a marketer? Yeah, you know, I... I am a self-admitted introvert, so it is. It has been really hard for me throughout my career to really, an error I think earlier in my career was that I didn't really reach out a lot for help, um, or I thought I had to learn things on my own. And while being self-sufficient is really valuable, I found the most value in the past couple of years, you know, as I've progressed more in my career um, in learning through speaking with others and mm -hmm. talking to others. And that's just not in my own industry, although that's been very important because our industry just changes so fast. There, I, I don't think there's any way you can keep up with the industry completely, but talking to people who are actually in it every day is, is a key part of how I've been able to keep up. Um, so like talking to people in my industry and then talking to people in other industries and just learning more and more about how their businesses operate. That's really how I've been able to manage my own education. Yeah. That's important to align yourself with, you know, what is, what is that saying? You are the average of the five people you spend your, the most time with. So yes. you're making sure that you're putting, you know, bigger brains in, than you have in, in the same room that you're hanging out in. Definitely. Definitely. Well, we know this show is all about uh, networking and building relationships, which is obviously a big part of marketing in general. My goal is to alleviate any fears that someone may have when they hear that word networking. So can you share with our listeners uh, one of your most successful or favorite networking stories that you have? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I can think back to, I think I'm losing track of time. But about five years ago, when I was still working at a consulting firm and I was pretty early in my career there, I was really struggling um, to understand how I could move up. And one thing that I noticed was that whenever I would get into a meeting situation, you know, I can, I, I can speak in front of big crowds of people. That's not a problem. But when it came to more impromptu speaking, when someone would ask me a question in a meeting, you know, answering off the cuff, I would just get, my heart would just 
pound, I could hear it and I would get so nervous. So from then I decided to join Toastmasters, which mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard of, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've joined it too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, every Toastmasters group is different. You know, it's an international organization, um, complete with chapters, local chapters. And, you know, I think in Chicago, there are probably like over 50 chapters. So every chapter has its own unique culture. But I joined a chapter that was 100% focused on not just public speaking, but professional networking. It was only for professionals. You had to be a working professional. And uh, after, you know, we would go through our meeting where someone, we would have table topics, which is where that impromptu speaking comes in. And when someone would do their speech, we always did networking afterwards, um, you know, at, we would meet at a hotel, you know, so we would mm-hmm. do the bar downstairs. And I think I made the best connections professionally and personally of my life being a part of that group. And that's not what, that wasn't my intention. That's not what I went there for. I went there to learn how to be a better speaker mm-hmm. and to more confidently present my ideas. But, uh, you know, I think as far as networking is, networking is concerned, that's been my most successful networking move to date. And so many of those people I'm still connected with, you know, I've made business, uh, you know, deals with some of those people. So, it's just really played a big role in my life, just joining that um, group and networking with them. That's awesome. And what I love about that story is that your initial intention for being a part of this group was your own professional, personal development, but it turned into something greater than that. Yeah, exactly. That's that's a great story. Thanks for sharing that with us. So, Tanya, I know that you've um, you've got quite an extensive network, and you've done a ton of traveling. I know that you do that professionally. I don't know about right at the moment, <laughs> um, right now, but yeah. but but because of that, you you've met a number of people. So, how do you stay in front of and best nurture these relationships in your network and your community? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a great question. You know, I think that's something that since I have met so many people throughout my um, career, my many businesses and all my travels, keeping up with that can be really difficult. So what I started doing is I honestly started scheduling it in. And I resisted that for a long time because it felt, I didn't want it to feel like another meeting. And it also felt kind of lame to, you know, like schedule in keeping in touch with someone. Mm -hmm. But I found that I've had to do that, not just in my professional networking life, but with my, this is going to sound terrible, but with my own family, Mm -hmm. because what doesn't get planned doesn't get done. So when it comes to nurturing my network, you know, I, I have, you know, regular intervals where I touch base with people and sometimes that can be a phone call. Uh, sometimes, you know, when we're meeting face-to-face, it was meeting face-to-face. You know, I have a core group of, you know, professional connections who I'll have lunch with once a month. Um, but a lot of times what I've been doing a lot lately is just dropping in on LinkedIn to people and just saying hi and saying, how's it going? And trying to keep up that cadence. I think particularly with people who are struggling professionally right now, I just have such a heart um, for for that struggle. I've mm-hmm. been there before. So I really have this cadence going of just dropping in on people on LinkedIn and saying, hey, how's it going? How oh, can I help great. you out? So that that's how I've been doing it. That's fantastic. And that your outreach, you're lending a hand saying, how can I help? I think that those are powerful words. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I'm sure your network very much appreciates that. The other thing that you said is scheduling it. And I think that's extremely important to do. I know um, myself included, if even my personal life, if it's not on the calendar, it's not going to get done, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it is an important 
element in building relationships is the nurturing nurturing is its own task. Yeah. Um, and because it's a task, it does need to be scheduled. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It just, it probably feels awkward initially doing that. You know, it does feel awkward initially, but once you do it, it just works. So your, you know, your, your relationships just become richer and stronger. Um, and, you know, I started doing that because when I was, you know, a little younger and earlier in my career, especially when I first moved to Chicago, which it's been about, wow, um, almost 15 years. I can't even believe it. Um, but I would go to all these networking events. Like if there was a networking event, I had this crew of friends. We would go to all these networking events. We'd go to like two or three networking events a week. And you'd exchange cards with someone. You'd have a good conversation. you connect on LinkedIn right away. And then you would never connect ever again. And Mm -hmm. I think it really hit home with me where I said, wow, I really have to start being intentional and scheduling this stuff in. When I started cleaning out, I think probably about two or three years ago, I was going through my LinkedIn connections and trying to sort of clean it out. And there were so many people who I hadn't talked to in like, I didn't even know where they were. I didn't even remember how I met them. Mm -hmm. And it, it felt it didn't feel great. And, you know, even it, it felt even worse if I were to reach out to them and say, Hey, I haven't talked to you in five years. Don't really remember who you are. But I think that's when I realized that it just is something that needs to be scheduled or else it won't get done. Sure. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, you know, that's why one of the things I really like about the messaging on LinkedIn now is I kind of, I always throw in where I met that person as a reminder for myself. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> idea. You know, like, oh, great to meet you at this XYZ event last night. And then I can go back and go, oh, that's where I met that person. And track it. Yeah, yeah, um, super important. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, So Tanya, what advice would you offer that business professional who's looking to grow their network? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say, you know, it's it's time to start reaching out and it can be something as simple as you talk about that that closest five, you know, determine who your closest five might be. And even if it just starts with two, that's a start. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would definitely recommend doing that because it can be a little challenging, you know, if you start too big, uh, it can be hard to, you know, sort of focus on where you should start. Um, But if you don't have anyone to start with, if you're feeling completely alone and sort of out in space, and I think that's really, that's how a lot of people are feeling right now, you know, in this new virtual environment, Mm -hmm. join a community. You know, you and I were talking earlier about how community, virtual communities seem to be a thing. You know, Mm -hmm. I've launched one, a lot of people are launching them. So, you know, whatever that, that community might be for you, uh, join it for a little bit. It's always a little awkward at first. And maybe I'm just saying that because I am an introvert and, you know, I'm not one to always feel super comfortable jumping into conversations, but it's definitely a start. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think getting involved somehow somewhere is a a good starting point indeed. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's talk about digital versus traditional. Obviously the traditional networking has a lot of restrictions uh, today, (laughs) but just in general, which one do you find more value in? Oh, you know, This is a tough one to answer because I do miss connecting with people face to face. And I was just thinking about this this morning, even in my own work work where it's, you know, I do a lot of sales calls and everything, or I do calls with my clients. 
um, I am missing sort of going on site and seeing my clients because I do feel like that personal connection, it, there's just less distraction, I think, sometimes mm -hmm. and that there is such a thing as screen fatigue. But I am finding a way to make it work digitally. And I think one way, um, you know, that I'm preferring digitally is it's it's been really funny. You know, I did a kickoff event, sort of like a networking event virtually last week for my marketing community. And I don't want to call them icebreakers because I feel like icebreakers get a bad rap. <laughs> but, you know, having conversation starters, um, you know, which I think is a really great way to sort of get digital, you know, digital connections going. Yeah. But I also think too, you know, digital is, is a lot more, it's better in a way because I'm finding that people are a lot more open and honest about what's really going on with them in a digital space. Um, you know, I think sometimes when you talk to people face to face, they're not always super comfortable bringing up the things that are challenging them unless sure. you're Yep. where I'm getting to know people, you know, you know, on LinkedIn who I might've met face to face, but now I'm getting to know them on a deeper level because they're just a little more comfortable sharing a little bit more about what's going on. Mm -hmm. You know, the things that they're struggling with, um, you know, the things that they're looking forward to, the things that they're not looking forward to, the things that they're fearful about. Um, I'm finding that people are a lot more open to talking about that in the digital space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, sooner, I would say. They're open yeah. to talking about it sooner than they would um, in the face-to-face -face with a new contact. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that goes back to the community that you were speaking to earlier. I mean, it's about the communities are building trust and, and, and that's what's of value. There's like a, a level of established trust um, in some communities, I would say, that, that make it easier to open up those doors and conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right, here's a fun one. If you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? Oh my gosh, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were working together around that time, weren't we? <laughs> we sure were. Um, you know, professionally. So this is this is probably gonna get a little personal, but you know, I I mentioned how I was going to a lot of those networking events. Uh, early on, you know, especially when I first moved to Chicago and I would always go with a group and they were sort of my buffer, but it was a big group, Lori. So the buffer was almost like a wall. So I think I would have done a little, I, I would have approached that a little differently. I, I think I would have um, went to events with maybe fewer people, maybe one buffer would have been mm -hmm. sufficient. Um, and also, you know, I think the drinking aspect of a lot of those networking events was sort of like the the pull for us in our 20s. Mm -hmm. And I think because of that, I was able to do less authentic connecting. And I think that's just part of, you know, being in your 20s and being a little insecure, not really knowing like this. You weren't really taught to network in college and all of a sudden you're expected to do it and you're like, what is this? So, mm -hmm. you know, I think I would have I, I would have approached networking groups a little differently. I would enjoy more groups instead of going to more events, um, more affinity groups, I would have joined more boards. I, that's something I really wish I would have done in my 20s when I had a lot more energy to, to do that type of thing and volunteer a little <laughs> oh, bit Oh, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> because that's a, that's a great way to make connections as well. You know, I've been, a, I've been, I joined a couple of boards when I was in, you know, when I turned 30 and that was sort of like my, my resolution where I was like, okay, I'm going to be more involved in the community. And I've met some great people to those avenues too. So yeah, if I go back, go back and tell my 20s something, solve something, I would be like less events, less friends coming along, less drinking. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Those are all solid pieces of advice. And hopefully anyone that's 20 listening right now is going to take them in and digest them and act on them. Yeah. Um, All right, Tanya. So we all heard of the six degrees of separation. Who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with? And do you think you could do it within the sixth degree? Oh my gosh, this is such an amazing question. So yes, there is one person I will have to say, um, you know, I, I started my business three years ago, but it really didn't start taking off probably until about a year and a half ago. And that all changed when I started listening to a podcast called Earn Your Happy, um, hosted by Lori Harder. And Lori Harder, her, her husband, Chris Harder, also has a podcast called For the Love of Money. And I will say, hands down, those two podcasts have changed my life. They've really changed the trajectory of my career and my business. They are both from Wisconsin originally, so I have to believe that somehow I am connected to them through six degrees of separation. (laughs) Like, it's just got to happen. So have you done any research on that path yet? You know, I haven't, but I, you know, I I do know someone actually who is connected uh, to Chris on LinkedIn, but I don't know if that's a real connection. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, um, but, you know, I know they were living I mean, they were living in the same cities I was living in at certain points. So that is something I should look into more. But yeah, Yeah, I'm wondering why you haven't done that yet, (laughs) especially if you know it's so close. (laughs) Now now you challenged me and now it's on record. So I guess I've got to do it. (laughs) Yeah. And please report back when uh, when you do connect. I will. I will. Um, Here's your opportunity to interview me. What's something you'd like to ask me? Oh, gosh, I like to ask you so much, and especially since it's been a while since we've really caught up. But I would love to know your secrets for engaging on LinkedIn. You do it so well, and I know it's something that takes practice. So what are your like top two or three tips for really getting a lot um, out of like your engagement on LinkedIn? Oh, that's good. Um, I do put a lot of thought into my post. Um and I try to put, I, I try to, I mean, I've always practiced the 80, 20 rule as far as content goes is like 80% should just be high value education. Mm-hmm. And so I really try to put high value information that is unique and different than what everyone else is putting out there, which is hard. I mean, there's gazillion people on LinkedIn, right. but at least yeah. what I'm seeing in my feed, I'm like, huh, no one's really talking about this. So mm. I'm going to post about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also kind of look at what's hot. Like if I had an interesting conversation with a client and an educational valuable one, then I'll try to find a way to kind of spin that into something that can be a little bit broader on, on LinkedIn. Um, I'm, I'm definitely a fan of repurposing content. So, um, some of the things I post are, you know, teasers from past webinars I've done or snippets of a blog post or or whatnot. Mm. So I'm definitely repurposing, but again, making sure that it has its own high value educational spin with a, you know, little, uniqueness sprinkled on it <laughs> yeah and and you know me I, I mean unique is like my middle name so I just try to <laughs> try to be different in any way I can um yeah. and then I would say you know finding 
your your advocates and and making sure that you have a group of people that you know will advocate for you and mm-hmm. letting them know that there's content for them to engage in is a, is good so yeah. you want to build kind of that hub and that might be something you implement into your community mm-hmm. you know where you're all supporting each other's activities on social media that's extremely powerful yeah that's a really good point and i've I have seen that work. You know, there's someone I'm connected to on LinkedIn where he'll post something and then in the comments, he'll actually like tag, he'll mm-hmm. tag his new followers to sort of like chime in and ask their thoughts. So that's, that's, it's. yeah, that's, it's definitely a strategy to, um, I'm always a fan of tagging people if I can. Yeah. Um, but I only want to do it if it, the post actually relates to them. Sure. I do see the people that are like, here's 15 people that Yeah, no, 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 no. I I want to comment on it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. (laughs) So it's the other thing is I used to think that I had to post every single day. Um Mm. I don't post original content every day, but I do try to engage every day. That's the other part of it. It's not just me pushing stuff out there. I have to be active on other people's profiles as well. So, I mean, a number one rule for me for social media, and this is something that I, I have learned to just teach others is, um, if, if I find someone posted something and I found it entertaining or informational, you know, it it triggered something in me, I want to let that person know. And I will Mm -hmm. do that by commenting, liking, or sharing. Yeah. If I just skipped over it, then I don't need to engage with it. But if I like, oh, that was really interesting in my head, I'm thinking that, then I'm going to type that in the comment. Oh, that was really interesting. Right. I think so many individuals just kind of scroll or and they, they engage with it behind the scenes, but don't publicly acknowledge the information that's being shared. So that's, that's, that's part of educating on how best to use social media. But because I am going out of my way to engage with other people's content, they're more likely to reciprocate and engage with my content then as well. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it funny how I feel like when we're engaging in social media, like on our personal pages, that type of thing just comes naturally, but something happens when we're engaging from a business sense where we don't do that as often. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I see that. Uh, in a business sense, I think people have a lot of fear yeah. and hesitation because they don't want to say the wrong thing. You yeah. know, they're worried about how other people are going to perceive them. Yeah. Um, and that's where, again, I just simply educate and say, you know, if the, if your initial thought was, oh, that's interesting, then just type that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not it's not conflicting to anything. It's, it's not, um, you know, taking a different stance or different position or, you know, and sometimes people do that, (laughs) which is always interesting. Um, but that's part of making the decision to be on social media is that you have to be open to all types of feedback. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So next well, time you see you me saying. post something you like, you should comment on it and say, yep. oh, that was no, really interesting, Lori. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. You're challenging me again. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Um, so great question. Thank you so much. Um, do you have any final word or advice off our listeners about growing and supporting their networks? Yeah, I would just say, you know, just keep on doing it. I know it's hard, you know, in this virtual environment where we don't know when things are going to get back to, quote, normal, unquote. (laughs) Um, And I think it's really easy to sort of, you know, slip into 
like slip into isolation. I think that's something that I'm really concerned about, you know, not just from a professional level, but on a personal level. So I would just encourage people do what you can and it doesn't have to be anything big, you know, drop someone, one person a message every day, if you can, just to say hi, just keep in touch with people, do little things to grow your network every day. Um, because over time, it's going to compound, and it's going to make a real difference. And it's just going to make you feel better about, you know, what, whatever business challenges or work challenges you're going through, having a network around you to support you can really sort of pull you out of, you know, negative mindsets and really help you see, you know, possibilities. Yeah, I agree 100% with everything that you shared. Um, great, great advice to wrap up with. Uh, Tanya, if anyone is interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way that they can reach you? Sure. Um, well, I'm on LinkedIn. That's probably where I'm um, at most of the time right now. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter, although I haven't been doing a lot on Twitter. Um, I think my handle is Tanya Rose S. So um, <laughs> those are probably the best ways to follow me um, at the moment. All right. That's great. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. It was great to catch up and you shared some fantastic insights with our listeners. Well, thank you so much, Lori. And thank you so much for, for doing this and just sharing all of your, your great wisdom and experience. It's really good. <laughs> thank you. Uh, for some reason, I just pictured the Wizard of Oz when you said that. <laughs> All right. Well, this was fun. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Tanya for taking the time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, join our Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com and search for Social Capital Network. If you need me, send an email to Lori at Social Capital Podcast. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.